Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Uh, but as we're wrapping up um, this series, we've, we've simply called Courageous Christmas. Um, that uh, whenever I was teaching in the kids' church uh, a couple of weeks ago, that I got to go over there and have some fun with them, and that, that was a blast. And so we did a, a fun little word association game. And so I told the kids, I said, you know what, I'm going to say a word in just a second, and I want you to share with me the first kind of word that pops into your head. And so I st- Anyways, we did the word association thing with our with the kids, and of course, we got all sorts of good stuff. You know, you say Christmas to a to a kid, and one of the first words that pops up is presents. And you say Christmas to a kid, and then there was snow and snowman, and thankfully, lots of kids said Jesus's birthday. And so, um, you know, if you're gonna say Jesus's birthday, you know, a, a good answer in children's church is Jesus's birthday. So there's some kids who, who at least know what Christmas is really about. And so we had all sorts of different answers that came up. But you know what? Um, nobody said courageous. None of the kids said courage. None of the kids said being brave and stepping up and no fear. There was nothing associated with that whatsoever. Yet when we read the nativity story... We see over and over again that there are these encounters with that as each person steps into their role, that they had to be told not to fear. That fear was kind of this natural thing that might find its way in there. They weren't rebuked. They weren't slapped on the wrist. They just said there's no need for that. That God is, in, God is at, at work. And God being at work was enough to to dispel the fear and to put it away. And we see that Mary had to be told not to fear. And Joseph had to be told not to fear. Zacharias, who uh, was going to be the the father to John the Baptist. And his part of the story came up. He had to be told not to fear. And then then there's a group of shepherds we're going to look at in just a second that had to be told not to fear. But when we, we look at it so many times, we now associate Christmas was such a beautiful time of peace and joy that we forget that the first Christmas was completely revolutionary. That it was some wild stuff happening. And the angels showing up and God speaking and some things taking place that that things had been quiet on the prophetic front for 400 years since Malachi and and 700 years since since Isaiah had prophesied that there was going to be this virgin birth. And, And man, there are things some... There was, there was just some crazy stuff all happening at the same time. And, and so we understand this place and thank goodness we understand that, that it's peace on earth and joy. But when we look at the, the narrative, we can reach in there and we can see some stuff that doesn't just give us peace on joy in this time of the year. A peace on earth in this time of the year and joy. But it, it helps us to be able to have a solid footing for every season of our life. In fact, that's what we launch with, is that the courage of Christmas teaches us that we can trust God in every season. It's not just this little period of time where we got the, the good little warm fuzzies on the inside, but we can carry this all year long. And let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16. Paul is telling, as he's wrapping up his first letter to the Corinthian believers, He says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. This sounds kind of macho. This sounds like, okay, we're going to, 
as believers, we got to go get this done. I, that love that he follows up, do everything in love. So many times we can begin to, to separate those things. And love is squishy and mushy and all this stuff. And, and courage and strength is somehow something different. But I think every one of us knows that, that the times that, it, that we need to, to be the most loving, that we need to be the most patient, that we need the most Christ-like, we need a little bit of extra courage to step into that. It is a vulnerable, scary place to really live a Christ-like life because not everyone else is that way. And so as we look at the rest of this this uh, nativity story, we want to see that the love of God wants <clears throat> to include everyone. That's one of the most beautiful things of this is that this was good news for everybody. In, fi- in fact, let's go ahead and look, jump into Luke chapter 2. Pick up in verse 6. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. This, they're in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for for them. Other translations, no room in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This is great joy for all the people. So here we go. We've got these guys that are on the night shift. They're working the deep nights. They're out in the field. The crisp wind is blowing. And they're nice and and chilly out. And it's not necessarily a pleasant place to be. And they're they're making sure that that their livelihood is watched out for and taken care of. And all of a sudden... The night sky is illuminated, and here are these these angels in their presence. I would probably need to be told not to be afraid as well. If I was out in the field doing whatever, and all of a sudden the angels showed up. See, these guys weren't out in the field having a prayer meeting. These guys weren't out in the field doing some, some beautiful, wonderful, holy thing. Zacharias was there in the temple, and the angel showed up to him. Angel showed up in the most holy place on the planet at that time. As, as his once-in-a-lifetime allotment to go into that holy of holies. And then the angels appear also, not just in that most holy of place, but then to in the most common of places. We've got fields in West Texas with sheep in them. Those kinds of things, you can find those on just about every corner of the planet. You've got fields with livestock all over the place. It's such a common, ordinary thing. And the good news showed up for all people. Not just the most holy of people, not just the priesthood and the most holy of place doing their, doing their, their most holy duties, but also to the people doing the most regular thing that could possibly happen. I love it that every people group on the planet you can go to some, some group of people that have never been reached, that are stuck in some deep recesses of the Amazon, and they will understand taking care of livestock. They will understand having a place that you pin them up. They will understand that that's not necessarily the best place to have a baby. You probably have another spot to do that in. 
that they would understand we tell this story and we try to tell them about Celebration Church this morning and we try to tell them about images projected on a screen or the way we do church and they're not going to get it. But we tell them about this first time the good news shows up and every, every group of people on the planet can get this, can understand this because God sent Jesus into the most basic place of human existence. And the good news went to that most basic place of human existence it is for everyone and the truth that the good news is for all the people should push out all fear i tell you what when you don't know where you stand god is scary when you don't know where you stand god's a a freaky thing and and ministers and religion have been using that scary thing as a manipulating tool For a long, long time, you're going to stand before God for that. You better watch that. And use fear and manipulation and all that to kind of guide and direct and modify our behavior. Because when you don't know where you stand with God, the idea of being in God's presence is, is creepy. It's scary. But here these angels are telling these people, the most basic guys out there. That we're telling you the good news and we're telling you it's not just for you. It is for everybody. It's for everybody. Let's go ahead and keep reading. We're going to go back to verse 10 again. But the angel of the Lord said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. That's kind of an odd thing. That'd be a pretty significant sign. You find a baby in a feed trough. It's not where babies are normally put. It's kind of an out-of-the-ordinary thing. Somebody says, this will be a sign to you. You're going to find a baby in a crib. Okay, makes sense. That makes sense. Find a baby in a feed trough, not as much. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Uh, peace to those whom his favor rests. So here they are. They've got the good news. And it says on earth, peace. God's favor rests. This up and down, this mystery, this where do we stand with God thing can now be dealt with. That, that this is a time of God's favor. And I just want us to do, we're going to have a little fun here. So we've got the, the kiddos in here this morning. And I've got uh, four volunteers that I've already pre-selected, and I need my volunteers to come up here. All right. Can you hand me my mystery box? Yes, Vanna. Thank you, Vanna. All right. I need you all to jump up on these stools for me. Get up on these stools. All right. Of course, girls at one table, boys at the other table. Boys got cooties. No, girls, they really do. They have cooties. Stay away from them. All right. So here we've got. Now, I don't know if any of you, uh, um, anybody like candy? Do y'all like candy? You enjoy candy? Are you good with eating candy? Yes. Are you too embarrassed to eat candy in front of everybody? 
Okay, good. Good, good, good. I don't know if you've, uh, anybody here like jelly beans? I like jelly beans. Jelly beans are good. And I really, in particular, love popcorn jelly beans. They're awesome. So I know it's, some people hate the butter popcorn. I love the butter popcorn. If you get a bag of jelly beans, save all the butter popcorn, bring them to me. You're awesome. And so, um, but there's a, there's a game that Jelly Bean made up that's a little messed up, honestly, but we're going to use it, and um, called Bean Boozled. And so in these cups, we have some jelly beans, and they'll look the same, um, but they don't taste the same. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do this, and I need you to take your first cup, first cup one, go ahead and pull first cup out, Okay. And so, but the thing is, is you don't know what, you, what you're going to get. You're either going to get my favorite, you're going to get buttered popcorn, or you're going to get rotten egg. You're going to get one or the other. So what I need you to do is reach into cup one, and when, it, okay, also the bottom cup, right here, is a spit cup. The bottom cup's a spit cup, so there you go. Just in case you need it, if I got rotten egg, I would need a spit cup. All right, so, so, are you ready? Are you ready? Just whenever you're comfortable potentially eating rotten egg, go for it. Or buttered popcorn. Ah, uh, butter popcorn. What'd you get, Dolly? Rotten egg. What'd you get, Brayden? Um, I don't know. Don't know. Was it nasty? It was nasty. We're going to call that rotten egg. Don't call butter popcorn nasty. I got rotten egg. You got rotten egg? Did you eat it? Oh, dude. You're, you're a beast, man. That's amazing. A little nauseating, but amazing. You like that one? Don't eat the rest of those. <laughs> All right, take cup two. Take cup two. All right. And you're either going to have Tutti Frutti or you're going to have Stinky Socks. And you better hope it's not a Clark Boy sock. Those are bad. All right. Uh-oh. Bean overboard. All right. Whenever you're ready to eat stinky sock, go for it. Or Tutti Frutti. <gasps> Had to count yourself down, psych yourself up. It's Tutti Frutti. You, man, you're winning here. What'd you get? Is it mildly pleasant? It does, okay, it's just kind of in the middle. You got stinky sock? Oh, deeper you go, the nastier it gets. Got you. All right. Stinky sock. Tutti Frutti. All right. And you ate it? You finished it? What's up with these guys? Everybody did. All right. All right. Now, get cup three. Get cup three. And you're either going to have coconut. Coconut's really good. Or you're going to have spoiled milk. All right, ready? They look identical. Ready? Eat it. 
Coconut or spice. Oh! <laughs> quickly, quickly. You got coconut? Coconut, guys. You, you got the nasty milk. All right. The last one is, is to get cup four. And then you're going to have either strawberry smoothie or you're going to have dead fish. Hey, it was better than booger or vomit. I, hey, those were the other options. I didn't do those. All right. All right, you ready? All right. Whenever you're ready to eat a dead fish, go for it. <laughs> they had to psych themselves up. The boys just ate it. So what do you got? <laughs> it was either strawberry smoothie or dead fish. You got dead fish. It's pretty good, dead fish. All right. Sushi. I tried sushi last night. Oh, you did. All right. You like sushi. All right. Dead fish. I'm sorry. Strawberry smoothie. Strawberry smoothie. All right. Awesome. 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 Well, if you noticed that our awesome contestants I'm not quite finished with yet. You're not going to eat anything else nasty. If you notice that the more that they had a bad experience, the more that they realized this mystery wasn't always going to work out good. The more pause there was, the more they sat there and had to three, two, one, stick it in their mouth. See, the thing is, is God loves us. God loves us. And God's heart was broken. That there was so much misunderstanding and so much mystery and so much what made people afraid of God. There's all these different people, all these different things saying all these different things about God. And God was going to clear up the mystery forever. And he did that by sending Jesus. And the very first news about Jesus is that this was going to be good news for everybody. It wasn't that Jesus was good news for a handful. Jesus was, a good, was good news for those who mind their P's and, 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 and Q's and take care of business. It wasn't that Jesus was good news for the, for the sweet people and the, and the nice people and the, the ridiculously popped out of the womb, already patient people. That we all want to choke those people. That God wasn't just good news for those, but he was good news for everybody. That he was good news for people like me, and he was good news for people like you. And that we'd sit there and have this mystery, because now that we know that God, Emmanuel, being with us, God with us, is good news, that now we don't have to be afraid to approach him anymore. Yeah. See, Jesus went on in his ministry to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, what did we see Jesus do? We saw Jesus hang out with people nobody else wanted to talk to. Jesus let a prostitute anoint him with oil. Jesus said, neither do I accuse you to a woman caught in adultery. Jesus went to a tax collector's house and, and, and told him that, that he was favored and pursued him. Jesus was there and, and dealt with the people the rest of society didn't want. Jesus shows us that we don't have the mystery of going, what if I reach into this God cup, what am I going to get? The mystery is solved. Jesus declared what it is forever. That it's good news for all of us. 
That is the story of Jesus. We don't have to have fear and trepidation as we go in and say, well, maybe I'll get something good today. I'll play the old God lotto and maybe something good will come from God. If not, I get the old stinky sock again and try again later. No, Jesus shows us who this is, that, that God is good news. And with that good news, I've got some good news for you guys. These jelly beans are all good. Every jelly bean in this is good. You don't have to worry if there's nasty ones in there. So what I want you to do is once you've got some good news, you know what you ought to do with good news? You ought to share it. So there's a bag for you and a bag to give to somebody. So just find somebody as you're going to your seat and share the good news that these jelly beans are all good. Y'all give my helpers a hand. You can go. Thank y'all. I told the kids' church, adult church wouldn't be boring. So, so hopefully y'all enjoyed that. Let's go ahead and look at our notes that the courage, this courage, that it's good news for all of us, will prompt us to share the good news of Jesus as our Savior. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 15. It says, And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see the thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the news concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured all these things up and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard were just as they had been told. And then in Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, this good news, this good news is to be shared. And a lot of you are going to have some time off. And a lot of you are going to have some sit down time with some people you care about. And I'm not asking you to force anything. I'm not asking you to use a pry bar. I am going to ask you this though. I'm going to ask you to, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in your conversations. And if, the, and if God brings about a moment for you to share some of your God story. With somebody you care about this holiday season, I want to encourage you. Take that opportunity. You don't have to be super preachy with them. You don't have to, lead, have to get them to pray a prayer. Just share what God's done for you. Just talk about it. Somebody says, what's, what's new this year? Man, God's done something good for you this year. Share it. Share it. Just be willing to share the goodness of who he is and what he's done. Because the bottom line today is a gift like Jesus is meant to be shared. It's meant to be shared. See, courage 
comes from trusting that God loves us. And his biggest declaration of his love was he sent Jesus. I want us to just take a moment here. And here as we celebrate the birth of Christ, I want us to make sure everyone here has an opportunity for what the scripture calls new birth. By simply believing that God really did love you so much that he sent Jesus. And that Jesus really is enough. And what he did is enough to make you 100% right with God. See, the greatest gift you could ever give to God is yourself. That's what he sent Jesus for. He sent Jesus for you. You could just let him have you. So as we bow our heads this morning, if you're here this morning and you say, Brandon, I see it. I've always thought that God was the jelly bean thing and that maybe he was good and maybe he wasn't. And I'm beginning to see that Jesus was sent to show us that God loves us and is for us. And that God is a good God. And I want to trust God today. I want to give my life to him. And if that's you, I want you to just slip your hand up and we want to pray with you this morning. If you're here this morning and you want to say yes to Jesus, awesome, yes. Awesome, awesome. Believers, I want you to just lift your voice with these. I'm just going to loan you some words. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I believe that he was born, that he lived and taught. That he showed us what you're really like. That he revealed that you love me. That Jesus died for me. And I'm right today because of what Jesus did. Today I am your child. And you're my father. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up and let's go out of here this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for, Lord, being a part of your family. Lord, I thank you for this church family and everyone that's here today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and worship you, Lord. And as we go out, Lord, to finish up and and step into the fullness of Christmas, Lord, I pray that we just keep you centered in our hearts, Heavenly Father, and aware, Lord, that this is about you loving us. Heavenly Father, Lord, and us stepping into the fullness of that love. We are so thankful for Jesus, Lord, and we're so... Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.